Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, David Malmuth, developer of the Second and PCH Project, will be asking for your opinion on this important proposed project. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. So raise the banner, call the glory, let us join our fellow man. Great Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host... Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a wonderful show for you tonight focused on a major proposed project in Long Beach, the Second Street and PCH project. And our guest for the entire show is the developer of that project, David Malmuth. David, welcome back to Straight Talk. Thank you, Art. Dave uh, has extensive development background. He worked for such large companies as Disney, Trizek Han. He was involved in the Hollywood and Highland project with the Kodak Theater, the New Amsterdam Theater in New York City, and the Paseo Colorado project in Pasadena. He's a graduate of uh, Stanford MBA and uh, undergraduate at Claremont. So Dave, we welcome your expertise and I know you feel passionately about this project and we want to start the show with just an explanation of what this project involves. Many of you live in Long Beach, are familiar with it, some are not, and some in the other cities I think will also find this quite interesting. So give us your overview and we have some renderings you've brought. Great, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. The project's a mixed-used seaside village. It's located on a almost 11-acre site at the intersection of 2nd and PCH at the eastern gateway to the city. And it includes about 200,000 square feet of retail, upscale retail, it has 325 residential units, 100 key boutique hotel, and it also has a number of important community amenities, uh, including a theater, 99-seat theater, that will be uh, the home for uh, Cal State's uh, repertory company. It also has a 4,000-square-foot coastal science center, which will provide opportunities for hands-on learning relating to the wetlands and to the uh, Alameda Bay environment. Uh, it has a major commitment to public art, a million and a half dollars of public art, 
has about 50% open space, which will be beautifully landscaped. And we think it's going to be a great community asset, a gathering place, and a source of pride, as well as a big economic engine for the city. Great. Well, as they say, one picture is worth a thousand words. So let's look at the first rendering you've brought, which is an elevated view of the project, that your comments. That's right. So what we've tried to do is to create a mix of building types and sizes that feel as if it was built over time. We're trying to get away from the notion of a project, which connotes something that's uh, a monolithic and, uh, and uh, boring. What we've tried to do in shaping the project is to create shapes that feel as if they're more organic, more connected to the water, more connected to, to nature, and to try to do in a way that is distinctive, but very contemporary. Uh, we believe that Long Beach's best days are ahead, so what we did was we took a very forward-looking view in terms of our design vocabulary and to try to create a set of shapes and images that would um, be inspirational for people as they enter the city. And of course the site is a very desirable one right uh, in front of the marina. The boats are viewable in this rendering. Let's go to the uh, next rendering, which is a schematic of the site. Right, so this is a site plan and it shows the way the site's organized. Um, the bulk of the project sits on a retail podium, which means that the dominant use at grade at the pedestrian level is retail uses. Uh, we have a, a major street running through the project, a pedestrian street, which will be lined by retail. We also have retail surrounding the major public space, which is called the great space. And just for reference, at the very bottom of this rendering, that would be where the water is. And at the top of the rendering is where Pacific Coast Highway is. Right. And on the left side is Second Street. That's correct. And we also have built a pier. You can see that there's a connection that comes across Marina Drive and across the parking lot that connects to the water. Because a big part of the message for the project is that a trip to Second and PCH is a trip to the waterfront. So we, we very intentionally made that connection. We would have liked to be able to pull the marina closer to the project, but since that's not physically possible, we took the project, connected it to the water. Let's look at the next slide. This is the Honda Theater. This is the, uh, this is the theater that we are building to house CalREP. CalREP. And what you're looking at is a view, standing at the marketplace, looking across uh, PCH. Uh, this will be a new four-way interchange. It's called Marina View Lane. And what we tried to do here is to create an opening. You know, the current project's only two stories, but it completely blocks any connection to the water when you're on PCH. So we yes. opened the site up so that there are a number of view corridors so that as you move along the PCH frontage, you get much more of a sense of connection to the water. And this also emphasizes that it's very activated at the, at the ground floor at the pedestrian level. And the building behind the theater is the uh, what? That's the residential mid-rise signature building. And mid-rise is a 12-story? 12 12-stories, 12 right. Okay, the final rendering. This is a view from the dining terrace. We, uh, we've created a, a public space with restaurants and uh, outdoor dining that allows visitors to come up, bring their lunch up here, view the water, and enjoy the sun and the ocean breezes and really feel a strong connection to the water. Okay, well I hopefully uh, that provides you with a sense of what this project will, will look like. And uh, we have a minute left in this segment, David, kind of wrap up your, your macro view of it. Well, I think it's important to emphasize the economic impacts that the project's going to happen. It's nearly 1,000 full-time jobs, over 1,300 construction jobs, over $2 million a year in new revenues to the city's general fund. And that's after deducting $600,000 
that will also go to pay for fire and life safety and police. We've deducted that, netted that out. So we think that that kind of an economic driver is an important consideration as people evaluate this project. Okay, as they say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And in the next segment, we're going to look at the impacts of this project and the trade-offs that will be necessary in order to consider it. We want your opinion. Wait till after the next segment before you give it to us. But we're putting up uh, on the bumper the website of the second and PCH project and also the telephone number and email address of the person at the city of Long Beach who you'll want to contact with your opinion. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on. We're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life. Powered by Edison. Experience fast family fun at the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Six hot racing series featuring eyes on IndyCar stars. Dario Franchitti, Danica Patrick, and returning champ Ryan hunter Ray. Plus, Toyota Pro Celebrity Race, Tequila Patron American Le Mans, Drifting, and more. Discover the family fun zone and new indoor zip line at the Free Lifestyle Expo. Two free Tecate Light concerts. And children 12 and under free with adults. April 15th through the 17th, come experience the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Getting kids to care about economics is easier than you think. You just need to find a connection. Like how the Port of Long Beach supports one in eight jobs in our city alone. And how the port's commitment to going green is creating even more new jobs. So the Port of Long Beach? Cool. My no texting in class policy? Not so cool. The Port of Long Beach. Investing in jobs. Investing in you. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. Continuing our conversation with Dave Malmuth, the developer of the second and PCH project. Dave, as you well know, there are some concerns about this project, and in this segment we'd like to raise those concerns and allow you to address them. The project itself is in the C-DIP zone, the southeast area development. It's a 30-year-old uh, land use uh, requirement and uh, limiting height to 35 feet and three stories. This project obviously would not satisfy that. That zoning would have to be revised for this project to be built. I understand that the project involves a 12-story high tower, which are the condos, a five-story hotel, two buildings that are six stories, and two buildings that are two stories. So there's a lot of density and height in this project. And those are two of the expressed concerns about the project uh, what would be your reply to those who say we are violating the CDIP project uh, zoning 
and a 12-story building is way higher than anything in the area, and we're just bulking and loading on stuff onto this site, and it's too much and too high. We do have to amend CDIP in order to enable the project, and that's pointed out in the environmental documents. But once amending CDIP, then the project can go ahead and get approved based on that amendment. Um, we believe that the way that we're approaching this site is, from a mixed-use standpoint, with a variety of different kinds of heights, is a much more sensitive and thoughtful way to create a, uh, a, a, an iconic project, a gateway project, as opposed to just doing 35 feet across the entire site, which we could do under the existing CDIP plan. The existing CDIP plan would allow us to do almost 650,000 square feet of retail and still allow for 30% open space. Well, that would be a horrible monolithic project that nobody would like sort of more of the same, but what we took... Would it, would it be economically viable? Well, putting aside the economics for right now, what kind of impact would that have on the city in terms of traffic and people's perception of this gateway site? What, we, what we're trying to do, which is admittedly more difficult because it involves a change in CDIP, we think is a better way to use this precious site. So we have, we have intentionally created lower elements and taller elements, and partly that was to create more open space. We have almost 50% open space on the site, which we think is a, is a big value to the community. As you know, the revised environmental impact report just came out, and it concluded that there were unavoidable significant impacts in three areas. A land use we've just talked about, and you mentioned that the CDIP would have to be revised, but also air quality, and also, and very importantly, traffic. There's a lot of concern about the fact that although other intersections, uh, there's mitigation, two already awful intersections on 2nd and PCH and on 2nd and Studebaker will have significant negative impacts that cannot be mitigated by this project. So what's your response to those who say we don't need more traffic in an already bad traffic situation? Well, let me speak to air quality first. Any development that we would do, or anybody would do, would trigger air quality impacts. And we're in a non-compliant zone, and it's almost impossible to fully mitigate all of the impacts, mostly related to, uh, to traffic, frankly. So that's simply going to have to be accepted for any development that happens here of any scale. With respect to traffic and traffic mitigation, we have millions of dollars that are committed to try to mitigate not just the two intersections you mentioned, but many intersections surrounding the project. The study looked at 25 intersections. Of those 25, there's only two intersections that can't be fully mitigated. Six intersections are actually better after we mitigate them. And we're not minimizing the negative impacts on people's quality of life, but what we're suggesting is there's a balance here. We knew, and we've said from the outset, if that we create this project the way we anticipate, it will create more traffic because the existing use is essentially a failed use. It's not generating any trips. If we put something there that's vibrant, that's alive, that draws people, it will generate more trips. We're taking every conceivable step to try to minimize those trips by putting in a shuttle system, by encouraging bike traffic, by having a, a, sh a car share program, by putting millions of dollars both into uh, traffic demand management programs and also into physical improvements in surrounding intersections. Admittedly, there's going to be impacts. What we're asking is for people to evaluate the balance. So as with so many things in life, life's a balancing act and it's trade-offs. And what the developer is asking the city and the city, the people of the city and the city council and the planning commission to do is to give them the opportunity to build this project that admittedly will be a 12 story, much higher than anything in the area, will 
negatively impact traffic at that intersection and at one others, and also will have substantial density in return for the amenities that uh, uh, Dave described earlier. And ultimately, even though there are a lot of legal documents, EIRs and this and that, it's a political choice. The people of the community will have to decide, is this something we want because of the good things and we'll be willing to accept the impacts that cannot be mitigated. And then, you know, that's a value judgment that each person has to make. We want your opinion on this. The city wants your opinion on this. And on the website we're going to put up right now, uh, there's the telephone number of the city planner and also the email address for you to respond. Also, the website of the developer. We'll be back with more of our show after these messages. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! All right, you little trout sniffer. Been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. We're back talking about the second NPCH project with developer David Malmuth. Dave, as you know, I'm an attorney, and in law courts, there's this concept of precedent. And there's been the concern expressed that should this project go forth as proposed with a 12-story high tower, this will set a precedent for land use on the east side of town. And there are plans afoot, according to these folks, for the marketplace to want a high rise there. And would you not agree that once a precedent is set, assuming that your project is approved, that makes it more likely rather than less likely for other high rise projects on the east side of town? Well, let me speak to that. 
what we're doing is amending a sub-area within CDIP. We're one full sub-area. We're almost 11 acres. And that's what's needed in order to enable the project. I have no doubt that other developers are going to look at this project and say, well, now I'd like to do something. But what's important to remember is that each project is going to be evaluated based on its own merit. As Councilmember DeLong said last week, the approval of this project is specific to this site. There's conditions that relate to this piece of real estate that are very, very specific and may not relate to other well, sites. Well, I know that that is exactly true legally, but in the real world, would you not, if you were a developer trying to get a project done on the marketplace site next door, would you not like to have this thing done as a precedent? I've spent the last three years in a dialogue with the community to try to see if we can get this project approved. And I can tell you it's been very challenging. We've, we've had hundreds of meetings and thousands okay. of conversations. I, I will state as an attorney for the record that this would be very valuable if you were a developer next door to have this one already uh, done. And you can argue, well, they did it. Give me an exception. Well, we can't control what other developers do. I, but I, our, if somebody wants to go to the community and spend three years and go through the kind of discussion and dialogue that we've gone through, then I invite them to do so. Sure, sure. Uh, you uh, presented at a recent community meeting uh, a matrix with a, with a group of alternatives. And it's, it's, I, I know that you are passionately committed to this particular project, but in the real world, you might have to take less. And project uh, alternative A has a 15% reduction in the residential and a 20% reduction in commercial, but still keeps the 12 stories, but you lose the theater. Right. So that would be something that would work from your standpoint. Well, certainly something we would consider. As, as we've said, we like the project that we proposed, and it achieves a balance for us between economic viability and providing a lot of community amenities and still trying to minimize the traffic impacts and other impacts as much as possible. So that our preference is to do the project we propose. What alternative might get rid of some of those six-story bulks, particularly along 2nd Street? Well, the other alternatives increase the amount of, of uh, reduction, if you will. They take away residential and they take away retail. And we get to a point where the project simply doesn't make any economic sense. And it's not just our opinion. We've, we've retained CBRE to go out into the market and start talking with retailers. And what we know is we can't get to about 175,000 square feet of retail. We won't have the co-tenancies, the critical mass of retail that will support the level of retail activity that we want to have. So more retail space is better for everybody? Well, there's the trade-off because the retail generates the traffic. Yeah. So the question becomes at what point do you no longer have a project from a retail standpoint that can support the kind of tenancies that, that the community has told us that they want? And once we drop below that 175,000 square foot barrier, we don't think we can support a retail environment that's going to be differentiated from what's around us. And we don't want to just compete with what's there. We want to do something different. As you know, this has to go either the proposed project or some lesser dense or lesser height variation thereof has to be approved by the Planning Commission and then by the City Council, and then it goes to the Coastal Commission. Right. And they kind of have life or death power over what's built in the coastal zone. This is in the coastal zone. Absolutely. Have you had some conversations with Coastal as to what they would be willing to live with? Absolutely, and we're very mindful of that. We've had three conversations with Coastal staff over the course of the last year. And uh, they want to wait and see, first of all, what is the reaction to the EIR, the draft EIR, and what's the reaction to the alternatives? One of the things that they're going to look at very closely is how does the city come together around this set of alternatives? What's the decision that's ultimately made by the Planning Commission and the Council? 
because they want, and they've said this to us, they want to see an improvement at that corner. They don't like what's there right now. They don't think that that, that enhances the, uh, the, the attractiveness of we the coastal We can all agree on that. Right. We can all agree <laughs> on that. Where there's disagreement is exactly what should be built there. But, yeah. And their concerns are about residential because it's not their highest priority use. Their concerns about making sure that it does, in fact, enable people to come and enjoy the waterfront and and that there's there's the mission hotel. of coastal is public access to the waterfront. And, you know, and what we've said to them is there's now maybe 10 or 20 or maybe the max 100 people coming on a daily basis. When we complete this project, there'll be hundreds and thousands of people coming. We think that is in fact exactly what coastal commission should want, allowing people to to enjoy the coastline. What uh, uh, you've done so many major projects in the past. Uh, how, how does this fit into your? portfolio of projects? Well, this is a tough project. You know, it's taken a long time to try to get to a, a, a project that, that achieves the sort of balance that we've talked about. We, we, we believe that we have a lot of community support. We hear every day people say to us, hang in there, this is worth doing, but make sure that you do it right. Don't compromise yeah. on quality. You know, I've had the great fortune to do some some projects that have been transformational in my career, yeah. and I believe that this project has that opportunity, but we have to be sure that we do something that all of us 10, 15, 20 years from now are going to be proud of and not compromise to the point where it doesn't achieve all the goals that we've set for it. Okay, this is Our City, Your Voice Matters. Weigh in, call up uh, Craig, email him, let him know what you think. We'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, an oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. Renaissance Pleasure Fair, now in L.A. at Santa Fe Dam. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. This proposed $360 million project will have a significant impact on the city, whether it's built or not built. It's very important that you weigh in 
on your feelings. As Dave knows, before we even started the show, I've long had serious concerns about the height and about the density and traffic. But I'm open uh, on further examination to discuss maybe some variation of this project can address those concerns. So Dave, I want to thank you for taking the time to come here and share your vision and your passion for this project with our community. You have 30 seconds to say whatever you want. I first want to thank you, Art, for giving me the opportunity to talk about the project. I am passionate, and I believe that uh, in order to make these kinds of projects happen, you have to have passion, you have to have commitment, and you have to be committed to creating something that's going to be truly special for this city. And we could have taken a different route, but we decided to go for something that we think is going to be a wonderful amenity for the city, and we want to see that happen. Dave, thanks for joining us, and uh, uh, thanks for your work on behalf of this project. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.